Welcome to this podcast produced by Imagine, your resource for early childhood music therapy. Imagine is published by Della Vista Publisher and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled Interdisciplinary versus Transdisciplinary Integrative Care within Music Therapy for Children with Autism Spectrum Disorder and presented by Darcy DeLoach and Michael Detmer. Dr. Deloach is the Director of Music Therapy at the University of Louisville. One of her clinical and research interest areas is serving individuals with autism spectrum disorder. She has presented on this topic nationally and internationally. She is joined in this podcast by Michael Detmer, an instructor and clinical supervisor at the University of Louisville, who also provides clinical services with Northern Healthcare. Darcy and Michael have provided music therapy services at the University of Louisville's Autism Center, co-treating small group sessions with the psychologists and occupational therapists. When deciding a treatment approach for children with autism spectrum disorder, the differences between interdisciplinary and transdisciplinary teams yield different intervention environments. In this podcast, differences between the two are discussed with examples of clinical approaches and client outcomes given. Hi, I'm Darcy Deloach. And I'm Michael Detmer. And we are going to talk today about how music therapists might consider approaching intervention plans when working with um, individuals with autism spectrum disorders. So we're basing our discussion off an article um, that's listed in the resources by Drs. Choi and Pack. And it discusses the differences between multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary, and transdisciplinary um, approaches to healthcare, and outlines some very specific definitions um, for those words. And when working on a team with other therapists, um, I find it really helpful to have a very clear understanding about how the teamwork is viewed by each of us and what our roles are in providing and contributing towards the intervention plan. So at University of Louisville, we are currently working at the Autism Center with um, psychologists and sometimes occupational therapists with small groups of children of various ages. And this um, is going to also be included in our podcast discussion today, what we've learned from that experience and how this approach in interdisciplinary versus transdisciplinary um, can impact how we move forward in communicating our goals and objectives and treatment plan options um, with our team. So the article um, gives many examples of different working definitions that exist in the published literature um, as well as websites when people are talking about how they're approaching care for different population groups. And there are a lot of commonalities um, between the different sources that they found which influenced the decision that they made for coming up with a working definition um, to help clear up any confusion that might exist. And I found it really helpful to look at the visual examples they were giving. And so for the interdisciplinary example, they um, aligned that with the idea of two overlapping circles. So you have two different disciplines working with each other, and there's some part of it that's overlapping, which means that the disciplines boundaries are blurred a little bit between the two disciplines that are working together. But then when talking about transdisciplinary, um, the visual they gave was three overlapping circles, two that overlap by themselves for the two disciplines, but then a third circle on top 
that covers both of the overlapping areas of those two disciplines, but in its own collective way. The other example they gave, which was helpful and interesting, um, was a food example. <laughs> <laughs> and so when Michael and I were talking about that, um, you know, it's not every day you see a food example in the published literature. Um, but the example they gave for transdisciplinary was a melting pot, like fondue maybe, where um, you might see certain parts of the fondue broth um, and the ingredients in there popping up. But as a whole, it's all working together. Um, in one pot versus transdisciplinary being a cake where everything is so melded together that you can't really tell who is doing what in the treatment session. Um, and so that brings up interesting conversation points about scopes of practice and what um, different disciplines are able to do within their scope of practice and not. But the article was really discussing, you know, you might not be able to tell if it's a psychologist or a music therapist or an occupational therapist in the room because in a transdisciplinary approach, everybody understands each other's um, work that's being done all geared towards a common goal or a common outcome that's being addressed um, for the children or adults um, with autism. So our music therapy program at the University of Louisville Autism Center has been uh, functioning for a little over three years now. Uh, I began treatment there uh, this past January. And when I started out, we um, would do weekly groups, and they were 45-minute groups. Uh, we started with about 15 minutes of the psychologist leading the session, and then we transitioned to music. And it was truly like a 15-minute music therapy session um, in that block. And then we transitioned back uh, to the psychologist. And when myself or the music therapy practicum students or interns weren't leading um, during our off time in that session, we would serve as peer models and um, be supportive in the environment, but we weren't really using music. Um, so that was the start of our sessions in January and February. But we found as we moved forward that it was helpful to use music during our greetings. So we started using music at the beginning of the session, doing the hellos. And then we transitioned and the psychologist took over. Um, and then we, again, provided support. And then we moved into our music session like normal. Um, and then I handed it back to the psychologist. And then we brought it back to music to do a closing. And I felt like that was a much more effective use of the time. And it gave this, the clients uh, more structure. And I felt like they were more engaged in the session because... Um, it was more cohesive. So I felt like we moved from the interdisciplinary approach um, more toward the transdisciplinary approach by the end of our my time there um, about six months later. And so when we're discussing outcomes of the different clients at the center with our team um, of professionals, do you find it difficult at all to understand each other and where each other are coming from or what each other is working towards with the clients? Uh, not so much. We had a really great relationship starting out. So we would um, meet prior to the session and discuss um, what the goals for the day were. Mm -hmm. And then we knew the clients pretty well mm -hmm. at that point. So uh, we, because we had built that relationship and that had existed for several years now, um, it was understood that we were addressing similar goals mm -hmm. and that we would be supportive in that during that session. Mm -hmm. um, so it felt very natural and very organic during the session. We could easily change and adapt 
um, and everyone was on the same page within seconds. Yeah, here's where I'll make a little plug for the certs model for mm -hmm. <clears throat> assessing um, because I, I feel that the certs model makes it so easy to communicate because all of the language mm -hmm. is common language between the different disciplines. Absolutely. And so there is no confusion typically when we're saying what we're working on specifically right. um, because it's language that everybody understands. Right. It's very easy to communicate and fast. And we can mm -hmm. we don't need 30 minutes to plan the session. We can do it within two, three minutes prior. Mm -hmm. Right. So do you see any benefit um, in approaching the sessions from this interdisciplinary model versus other sessions that you've had um, that were done alone, not joint sessions with other therapists? A huge benefit. Uh, like I said, just having that extra person and from a different discipline, um, like we all know, is of, of great benefit during the sessions um, and in planning the sessions. And then during, during the session, we, like I said, we can adapt um, and we can bounce ideas back and forth. Uh, we can easily read cues from each other during the mm -hmm. sessions, which, which I think is um, a great skill um, for the therapist to be able to do that. But I feel like it helps, it provides more structure for the clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard um, the psychologists that we collaborate with there um, tell me that in sessions where we're not present, she is finding herself using music more in those mm -hmm. sessions in an appropriate therapeutic way mm -hmm. for the clients because she has worked with us for so many years now. Right. She understands um, how the use of music in a therapeutic context works. And so that, when I was reading through this article, that brought mm -hmm. to mind the idea of the transdisciplinary approach because she does understand and she does have the working knowledge from her discipline mm -hmm. to understand how um, effects of music can be seen with young children. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting thing to think about mm -hmm. moving forward um, with our profession within a scope of practice. I think a scope of practice is very important. Um, what happens when you do collaborate with mm -hmm. other professionals for a number of years and you can understand each other's mm -hmm. um, approaches and you understand each other's uh, methods that you use to work on some kind of outcome for a client. And so I, you know, I think there may be opposing views mm -hmm. on that topic, but I think it is an interesting topic to talk about and think about. Yeah, there were several, almost every session I felt like uh, the psychologist was truly a co-leading music therapist at the time because she she would pick up on the chord change mm -hmm. or the, the music prompt mm -hmm. that I was giving to elicit the, the desired behavior. Um, and she would give prompting or like she would change her facial affect to to support that behavior mm -hmm. as I would um, without me having to give her any eye contact or without me having to give her a prompt to let her know I was doing that. She was just picking up on those music cues uh, and it was very natural. It was, it was really neat. Yeah. Another um, example that comes to mind is when one of the sessions when um, the psychologist was working on establishing which items were desired by the different clients to use as rewards. Mm -hmm. And um, there were lots of different toys and manipulatives that she brought out. And she was looking and tallying and tracking and seeing how um, children went towards very specific items and which ones they were gravitating towards so she could use those as rewards. And um, naturally in the session, I was able to then sh decide which music 
instruments or manipulatives the children were wanting. And so without even communicating verbally, she and I both understood Mm -hmm. what we were doing. And then she picked up on which music instruments, like, so one kid might really like the shaker and another kid might have really liked the ocean drum or something like that. Um, And then she was able to go get that music instrument during the session if she could see that there was a desired behavior happening Mm -hmm. and use that as a reward. And so, you know, that brought to mind that there are commonalities between disciplines and what we're doing and how we're approaching um, the treatment. This has also been a really neat experience for me uh, as a practicum supervisor because we've been able to have those conversations with the practicum students Mm -hmm. about how to pick up on that language from the other professional um, and then adapt your session plan and change, change the way you're providing treatment to support what she had just addressed. Uh, and infuse that into your music intervention. It was a really neat um, progression that I saw in the students and and having them be able to easily identify what they needed to change musically or in their intervention to support the work in the room that had already existed. Yeah, I've also had a similar experience where students were um, just very empowered by being in a room and Mm co-leading with different disciplines and realizing that we are all working towards similar outcomes and with very um, similar methodologies. So in closing, um, the working definitions of interdisciplinary, meaning a synthesis and a harmony between disciplines into a coordinated and coherent whole versus transdisciplinary, um, meaning integration of natural, social, and health sciences in a humanities context to transcend each of their traditional boundaries provides really interesting approaches to how intervention plans are created when co-treating with other disciplines and um, I think provides important information for the clarity that you use when talking with other professionals about the type of intervention plan that will be done with different client groups. Thanks for listening to this Imagine podcast produced in 2015.